This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's going on, you guys, and welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Today, I've got an excellent show for you guys. We are going to be going through a few questions that I received, both from social media and then in general, I tend to ask clients for questions. Well, to really to serve a couple different purposes. The first purpose, obviously, is to uh, give value to them and to make sure that I get their uh, issues taken care of. But the other side of it, too, for the social media side, is generally I just want to provide value and provide, you know, education for those that are out there that that you know need answers to some of these questions and and you know can't really uh, find the answers that they're looking for on their own. So, going to go through a Q and A. We're going to talk a little bit about overtraining, building a coach and client relationship, and how to measure progress without a scale. So, as always, guys, before we jump into the show, I want you to go on over to iTunes. You can stop the show right now and go ahead and leave us a five-star rating review. That's always cool, and I always ask people to do that just simply because um, we want to get this show in, the, you know, in front of more people just like yourself. There are tons of people out there that could really benefit from having a good quality you know, fitness and, and education show to go to and to learn more about training and nutrition and mindset and all these different things that we tend to go over in the show. So when you guys go and give a five-star rating and review it gives me an opportunity to get this show in front of more people and allows you to participate and I just love going over there and reading those as well and then the other thing you could do would be to simply take a screenshot with your phone and then go ahead and post it on your Instagram story and then go ahead and tag me in it I am at coach Cody Smith I love to connect with you guys inside of the DMs and to answer your questions and to really share your stuff in our story and to just to give you a thank you and a shout out as well so um, without any further ado guys we're going to go ahead and jump into the show. So uh, I've got five questions here. I'll probably get through two to three of them. Uh, I want to keep the show a little bit shorter just so you guys can get in here. You could probably be able to listen to this within, you know, one distance of whether you're driving to work or to the gym or wherever it may be that you are heading. But I want you to just be able to get in here quick and to get some information and move on about your day. So the first one, the first question I got was, uh, what are some signs that you are overtraining? Now, the person that asked me about this was actually a client, and they were they were struggling with a couple of different things. So as I compiled this list, I actually went back to a previous story of myself. And and those of you who've been listening to this show for a good period of time, really, you you know my backstory. I was, you know, for a good period of time going through the competitive CrossFit thing, and I spent probably four to five years chasing that dream. I had a bunch of really good training partners and had a great push in the gym, and Uh, What was different between me and a lot of those people was really the things that I did outside of the gym for recovery. You know, I was a a young dad, a business owner, and and I was trying to also be a a high-level competitive athlete as well. And I was really burning the candle at two ends because I thought I could be a very present husband uh, and dad and be a very successful coach and entrepreneur and spend tons of hours in the gym. And ultimately, with all of those things going on every single day, it came at the expense of the things that I needed to do to recover. So there was, you know, probably years that I went through periods of overtraining and adrenal fatigue. And really to this day, I feel some of the ramifications of the things that I did in, you know, the way my joints feel on certain, you know, certain temperatures, especially during the winter months, my knees and my hips tend to ache a ton. And uh, although that has improved through good mobility and nutrition and uh, trying to do the things that I need to do for recovery, um, it has improved a little bit, but it hasn't, uh, I would say, heal all the way just because when you when you do something to yourself for years, it takes a good period of time to kind of repair those things. <clears throat> 
So I'm gonna go through the signs of overtraining in here. And then as I do, please take note, like if you have some of these things going on, it's important that you start to recognize those so that you can start to change them because you don't wanna look back a few years later and to be stuck in this place where your your body is kind of in the same boat than mine is. And really a lot of CrossFitters who go through this period to where they neglect the things that they need to do to recover their body, uh, you know, these telltale signs that I'm gonna go through they, 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 you know, they are triggers and things that are probably going on that you're not keying in on. So uh, let's kind of jump into some of these. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six different ones, and I'll kind of talk a little bit about each one. So first sign that you're overtraining is probably going to be lack of appetite. Now, what's important about this, you know, very thing is that when your body is in this constant you know, fight or flight mode. The last thing that it, you're, you know, really your body wants to do on the hormonal level is going to be to break down food and digest things just because it's trying to take care of all the other vital processes in your body. And when it's doing that, it's likely that cortisol is also um, going to be messed with as well. So when you're not very hungry and you're, you know, you're not really excited to eat things, um, that is a telltale sign that you are in a overtrained state. The other thing is going to be poor mental acuity, and, and I'll tell you a little bit of a little story about this as well. So, there was a time, you know, when I was in the competitive CrossFit thing, and I was chasing. I was doing a program called Squat Every Day, and I think a lot of people who have been in the game for a long period of time probably did this because it was a very popular thing. It was also very popular uh, around the same time that. Um, there was this small law of Russian squat program that I just remember tons of people posting about and tons of people talking about and asking me questions about it. And uh, I did that one as well. But when I was doing squat every day, I remember every single day for, gosh, at least five or six months, I did some sort of squatting, whether it was back squats, whether it was front squatting, um, high reps, low reps, heavy. I squatted every single day. And I remember one morning I was standing in my kitchen and, you know, it, it was after a night where, as always, I didn't sleep enough. And uh, I was standing in the kitchen in the morning and I was just having this in crazy, this crazy intense brain fog. You know, I was forgetting to close cabinets, which means I was <laughs> whacking my head on them in the kitchen. Uh, I really couldn't think. And I was like forgetting what I was going to do next. I mean, I was making breakfast and to to go and to, you know, take a scrambled egg and to crack it and pour in some egg whites and then forget what's the next step when logically we know the next step would be to, you know, do something along the lines of like spray the pan with nonstick, pour the eggs in that. Like there was these very clear steps, but I was literally forgetting them. And, um, you know, especially when it came to the creative side of like having to sit down and to produce content, to answer emails and to, you know, make up programming and workouts and all these things. I was just struggling so badly. I remember I struggled so much that I was looking online for some sort of nootropic because I thought that, you know, I was having brain fog and it was a normal thing and that I actually needed some sort of supplementary help to help to really clear my mind. But that mental acuity, that mental sharpness was actually affected because of the amount of training that I was doing. Because the first thing that I noticed after I, you know, hung up the, you know, for lack of better terms, like hung up the competitive shoes, the first thing I noticed as my volume and training decreased and my recovery increased, the first thing I noticed was how much more creative I felt, how much more clear and present in mind that I felt every single day just from simply decreasing the volume that I was doing in my workouts every day. And that was a telltale sign that I was in an overtrained state throughout that entire time. Now, um, the next thing that you'll notice when you're overtraining is that you have a lowered immune system level. 
Now, you know, fun fact about this is that as I was going through this very issue myself, it was also about the same time that my son was starting, my oldest son. I've got three sons. Um, this was around the same time that my son Noah was actually starting to go to kindergarten for the first time. <clears throat> now, what was crazy about that year of kindergarten is that for the longest time, my son spent a lot of time with me, you know, going to the gym, coaching, going home, going to the gym. Like, we, we were kind of in this limbo of home and gym throughout most days. So he was with me and around me all the time. And I was exposed to a lot of things in the gym, I'm sure, with, you know, germs and different bacteria and things that would come through there. But most of us parents know that when our children start school, there is a period of time in the very beginning of every school year to where we tend to get sick. We get the colds that they get. We get constant runny nose. Sometimes we get like strep throat or something like that. And it comes from, you know, they go to school, they're passing germs around with all their friends and they come home and the parents will get it. So that is something that uh, takes place every single year with most parents. What was different about when I was training very, very hard is that I was getting things, like right when he started school, I was getting viruses and things that I've never had before. I mean, that year I probably had the flu or something resembling a flu two or three times. I spent time in the emergency room because I had some sort of, uh, I forget what it was diagnosed as, but I had like a uh, inflammatory response going on in my throat to where it hurt to swallow and it was swollen. And they had to put me on steroids to get that swelling to go down a little bit. Um, and, I, and again, it, it, was, it was something similar to mono. They thought I had mono, but it wasn't. Uh, which is kind of funny because when I think of mono, I think of like, you know, the kissing disease and uh, the, the only woman that I've kissed in the past 10 years has been my wife. So it, that seems different. Uh, I come to think of it unless she's kissing somebody else and then she's got some explaining to do. Um, anyways, I, <laughs> just joking about that, guys. We have a great relationship. But, um, you know, I had this crazy throat inflammatory problem and I had to get on these couple different antibiotics. And then a few weeks later, I had an ear infection. Um, and I pretty much had a cold, you know, we joke around and, and as men, we get these things called man colds. I probably had like four or five of them that year, but I spent that entire year sick, right? And, and then obviously looking back, that was because my immune system was tanked because of the amount of training I was doing. So <clears throat> to get into uh, an ear infection as an adult is something that is very infrequent and it's not something that is, uh, you see all the time or that happens a lot. And, uh, you know, the, the, immune system issues were directly related to the amount of training that I was doing every single day. I mean, I would train off of, you know, four or five hours of sleep for anywhere between, you know, three and four hours per day. I mean, I had an AM session and a PM session, and I did this for years with that low sleep, with the, you know, being an entrepreneur, with being a coach, with being a dad. And, um, you know, it was, it was crazy times. And um, so if you're, you know, if you're finding yourself sick all the time and you're also training all the time, you might want to look at, you know, some of these other things. Because a lot of times it's not just one of these characteristics that is there. It is multiple characteristics that are there. So um, if you have a lowered immune system, that's also a sign that you're overtraining. All right, the next thing. Decrease strength. So in some cases, guys, decreased strength is normal, right? So I don't want you to hear decreased strength and think like, oh gosh, I'm training, I'm overtraining. There are periods of time where when you're when you're training really, really hard and your, you know, your body is really fighting to adapt and to get stronger from that, you're actually gonna have a little bit of a decrease in performance. But what I'm talking here is that when over time your strength continues to decrease. I mean, you know, to, to rewind a little bit to when I was talking about the squat everyday program, you know, that was a time when I had, I, you know, I squatted, I think 407 
was the uh, the most I've ever high bar squatted before. And as a six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pound dude, um, that was uh, you know a pretty significant number that I was uh, very happy with. Because you know in most cases, naturally, like tall guys aren't aren't typically good squatters. We're, we're typically better pullers off the ground. And um, you know I. I did that squat every day for a period of time. I had the heaviest squat that I've ever done. And then uh, I actually squatted 405 plus uh, every week for, gosh, I forget the, the amount. It was several months that I had done it. And uh, I, I felt so strong. And then eventually that started to change. And that squat every day program that I was doing actually started to yield me lesser results. I actually started to squat way less. And that progressed now down to where, you know, going from squatting, you know, 400 plus pounds down into the low threes and barely being able, you know, to do that for a single rep, um, I saw a significant decrease in my strength. But during that time, I was also getting sick. I also wasn't hungry. I also was having brain fog. Like all of these things that I have as characteristics are the things that I experience. And that's where this list comes from. Because, you know, if there's anybody that can speak on overtraining, it's somebody who's overtrained a ton and is able to, you know, really tell their story and to help other people to, uh, you know, avoid it. And, um, you know, my decrease in strength was 100% attributed to how much I was training and how much I was burning the candle at both ends. All right, next characteristic that you are overtraining, trouble sleeping. You guys, this is a big one. This, you know, if you factor in the, you know, for me, I wasn't sleeping enough as, as far as quantity is concerned, but then you focus in on the fact that my quality of sleep was, was really terrible too. I mean, to lay in bed at night and to be wired and to be um, exhausted, but wired at the same time. And I know that's hard to, to, hard to understand, but imagine laying in bed and having that fatigue feeling that you feel when you're ready to just close your eyes and fall asleep, but being able, being unable to fall asleep. I mean, that's a crazy thing to really think about. And I remember periods of time where I would lay in bed, just staring at the ceiling, hoping and praying I could fall asleep, but I couldn't, my eyes, I would close them and I would close them for, you know, an hour, hour, 15 minutes and not even drift off into one minute of sleep. And this went on for, you know, a period of months. And eventually I had to start taking things like Tylenol PM and um, Advil PM. I tried melatonin. Um, I even almost went as far as going into the doctor and getting prescribed a sleep aid because I just wanted to go to sleep. And, um, you know, what changed for me was I started to add in things like meditation and stuff like that at night, and that helped. But it wasn't until I decreased my volume to where I started having really good sleep again. So if you're having trouble sleeping and you've got a few of these other characteristics, um, then it's probably something you might want to pay attention to as far as how much training is your concern. <clears throat> now, I realize some people might have trouble sleeping in general, so I don't want to throw an alarm out there. And I don't want to sit here and get everybody super worried about whether they're overtraining just because they have one of these. Um, a lot of times you'll have several of these happening to you. Um, but you know, trouble sleeping is one of those things to where, you know, when you do a bunch of training, your, your, your stress hormone cortisol is going to be elevated because it's trying to repair and it's trying to handle the amount of things that you're doing every single day. So, um, trouble sleeping was one that, uh, you know, definitely it, it was a telltale sign for me that I was doing too much training. Now, last characteristic that characteristic that you're overtraining is chronic injuries. Now, as a competitive athlete, for my competitive athletes out there, it is normal to have aches and pains. That's just something that comes with it. I mean, if you go back and you listen to the show I recruited, uh, I believe it was the show prior to this one, where I talked about the difference between training for life and training for sport. The, um, 
the chronic injury thing, I find the aches and pains that typically will come with a competitive athlete. You know, they're, they're pushing it in the gym every day. They're trying to perform at the highest level. We're pushing maxes all the time. We're trying to go as fast as we can in conditioning workouts and, you know, really any sport we do, we're trying to put, you know, we're trying to go all out hundred percent all the time to be better. But something that you do experience when you're overtraining is that those aches and pains are consistently there. Right. And, and a lot of times those aches and pains are a signal that you have some sort of dysfunction somewhere. Like if you've got achy knees all the time, but you're doing a ton of squatting every single day, like I was with that squat every day program, that chronic injury was a was a, a sign that I had too much inflammation in my knee. And that later led to me being um, injured. Right. And then from there, that knee issue traveled up into my hips and then that hip issue traveled up into my back. And, and I was walking around. I mean, I tell the story all the time about how one day I was sitting on the couch in the morning, getting ready to go coach my AM class at my gym and putting my foot on top of my knee to tie my shoe. And, and I sh are trying to, I should say, put my foot on top of my knee and how much trouble I had with that because I was in so much pain. For me that morning when I couldn't tie my shoes, I realized that I had taken it too far and it was time to stop. Um, now, I don't want any of you guys out there listening to this to have to go through that yourself. But um, my hope is that, you know, for the, the person that asked this question is that, um, you know, I can kind of shed some light on some of the things because if you're asking, I'm assuming that you probably have some of these issues. And if you do, it's time to just dial it back a little bit. And, and I'm not saying that you have to do like I do and completely hang up the competitive thing or hang up the, you know, the training hard thing. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that we need to get really, uh, can, you know, some will make the argument. There's no such thing as overtraining. There's, there's only under recovering. Um, I think there's both. I think you have to really try hard to overtrain and, and not a lot of people have the mental, um, the, you know, the, the strength in their mindset to do something like that. But I will tell you that you can under recovery. And, and I would say I probably was on that limbo line of overtraining and under recovering. I probably played somewhere in the middle there. Um, but I will tell you that I spent a lot of time in pain and, uh, you know, all of these characteristics I experienced at the same time. So um, I, I hope that answers your question. And I hope you guys listening are able to really take that and to chew on that and to, you know, maybe look to make some changes in how you're conducting business. Okay. All right. So next question, how to strengthen a coach and client relationship. This was actually a coach off of social media. Um, so how to strengthen the coach client relationship. So I think that boils down to a couple of different things, right? So the first thing obviously is going to be um, consistent communication. So something I do with a lot of my online clients is I will have a consult with them every four weeks. And this is a concept that I originally adopted from um, Opex Fitness as I went through their uh, CCP course. I thought it was, no, first and foremost, that's a great company. Um, I've had a bunch of their coaches on the show already. I actually have a show coming up soon with um, uh, Georgia, who's another one of their, you know, higher level coaches, and she runs a lot of their um, educational programs. But that four-week consultation was something that we implemented in all of the online coaching that we do here. And um, what I found is that on top of that weekly and daily and, and um, you know, those conversations that we're having inside of, you know, like we use an app, the, the app platform called True Coach, which is like a direct connection to, to me and all my online clients and the same thing with our team. And um, that consistent communication day to day has been a big thing. And, and on top of that, that consult has been huge, too, because it allows for us to always realign with each other. So when you have no communication with with your clients ever, they, you know, you don't speak and talk frequently enough, um, then it's likely that you're not, uh, you know, 
you know, allaying all of their fears and helping them to work through issues and answer all of their questions. I mean, every single week I ask clients inside of our check-ins, you know, um, what are questions that you have for me? Because I want to know that there is an open line of communication all the time, and I want to make sure that they feel taken care of and that they know I'm there and I got their best interests in mind. So if you're a coach out there listening to this, if you want to strengthen, uh, you know, your coaching client relationship and the, you know, the, the type of ways that you deal with each other, you need to communicate more. You need to communicate on a deeper level. Ask more questions ask more of them, tell them that that's an expectation when you start working together is that you want consistent communications all the time so that you can always stay in alignment with each other. All right, the next thing, and this is going to circle a little bit more on the consult side. You need to meet face-to-face -face or via phone uninterrupted every 30 days minimum or every four weeks. Again, this is going to go back to alignment. <clears throat> in all cases, when a person or you know a coach and a, per and a client are not you know, working well together or there's some sort of uh, reason that one of them feels unfulfilled or, you know, not taken care of or um, not heard, it's always going to circle back to communication and, um, you know, no platform really to share issues, right? We want to make sure that, uh, and I would say probably hands down the number one thing that a coach and a client needs to have is, um, you know, that, that line of open and, um, you know, non-judgmental, non-judgmental type conversation. So I think if you want to strengthen a coach and a client relationship, you need to meet face-to-face -face or via phone uninterrupted every 30 days so that you can realign and make sure that you guys are both heading in the, in the same direction and have adequate expectations of one another. All right, next one. I think to strengthen a coach and client relationship, you need to have more conversation around training intentions. I ask all of my clients all the time, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing that? What is your intention, right? And then something we're even going to start doing with all of our uh, coaching clients that are on the, our higher level programs and our online clients is to ask the question at the beginning of their training session, what is your intention for this session, right? Because we need to have deeper conversations and make sure that the client is thinking a lot about why are we doing this in the first place, right? I mean, how often do we hear, you know, and, and I can, and I'm looking at my CrossFit coaches here, how often do we have clients, you know, that say they want to do muscle ups or say they want to do things like pistols or handstand push ups or something like that when really their goal is fat loss? Well, if you know your goal is fat loss, how many muscle ups you can do unbroken or how many handstand push ups you can do or how lean you are? I'm sorry, um, how well your or how fast your 5K row is, is less important. I'm not going to say it's not important, but I will say it is less important than that fat loss goal, right? Because it doesn't really support it. So having those conversations around like, what are we doing training for in the first place? And what are the intentions and, and the directions that we're going? Having those deeper conversations is very important to make sure that you have a good relationship because your client pays you for a service and pays you to keep them, you know, going towards the results that they are seeking. And if you're not having those conversations and pushing them and really pushing them and challenging them on what we're doing here, then ultimately it's going to end poorly for both of you. And last little piece of what I believe um, really helps to strengthen the coach and client relationship is something I actually stole from Luca Hosovar and I actually had him on the show a few weeks back and uh, it was a great episode. We talked a lot about program design and how he does things, how he does things at his gym bigger. But something he said at a seminar when I was there, as we were kind of sitting there and talking, and at the time when he was talking to a, you know, talking to us, the presentation was about 
you know, leading and, and entrepreneurship and all these different things. But he said something that was really profound to me. He said, catch each other doing something good, right? Catch someone doing something good is another way to kind of reframe that. Now, what he meant by that is that, uh, and how I'm going to kind of relate it to this conversation and why I kind of wrote it down to, to talk about with this question is that as coaches, we're very quick to, we're very quick to tell our client when they are doing something wrong. Right now, what I mean by that is, you know, whether we're talking technique, whether we're talking nutrition, whether they missed, you know, they missed their sleep mark that you guys set up or they didn't hit their step count or, or whatever it may be. We're very quick to point that out. We're very quick to say, like, hey, you didn't do X or you didn't do this. Why is that? Now that now we do need to do that as coaches. We need to challenge. We need to challenge. We need to shine that, you know, you know, put that mirror in front of our clients. So they have to really. Um, you know, think about whether they're, you know, actually heading towards what they want. But on the other side of that too, we also have to tell them when they're doing good, right? When they did something amazing. I try to do that every single week. Even if my client, and if my clients are listening to this right now, you guys, you guys are probably seeing this in your check-ins. You've seen this in conversations with me. I will always tell you something that you've been doing good. I'll tell you I'm proud of you constantly. I'll tell you good job on X, Right? It could be like, hey, you completely and utterly hosed all of your macros this week, but you hit your water. Nice job. I'm proud of you for that. Right? Because we have to make sure that we are also building our clients up and giving positive affirmations and not just coaching corrections and cues. Right? And that's a huge deal. That's, a, that's really something that I would say you know, where we get so much loyalty with clients and so much loyalty with you know people that do follow us and do interact with our businesses and our coaching teams, all that comes from this positive affirmation and this positive influence that we always try to get, or this, you know, this positive things that we try to give them. We want every interaction to be pleasurable, even when we're giving somebody a correction. And, and something I love, and whether we're, you know, coaching Q in person or I'm correcting something online with a, through a check-in or something like that, is always praise, correct, praise. Write that down. Praise, correct, praise praise, right? Some people call it the compliment sandwich. We'll tell them something they're doing amazing. We'll make a correction and then we'll encourage them for, you know, what is upcoming for the week or, you know, something else that they're doing good. Praise, correct, praise has been a huge deal with just making people happy and making people feel good. All right. I think this is going to be the last question here, guys. How do you measure, how do you measure progress without a scale? This is a a client question that I got from a check-in. How do you measure progress without a scale? So there's, a, there's two ways that I'll answer this. The first way is I use something called um, the triangle of results, right? The triangle of results, and let me see if I can, um, right, because I'm on the spot here, and I'm on the show, I try not to mess it up. So if you think of each point of the triangle, you've got how do you look, how do you feel, what does the scale say? And, and we'll relate this 100% to fat loss, right? Um, for, the, you know, for the fat loss conversation, I'll do that because sometimes the scale won't move, but you'll start to feel really good and your clothes will start to fit, fit different. So it covers two of the, you know, the different points of the triangle, right? And, and another way that you can cut this is uh, measuring progress without a scale can also have a few other characteristics, right? Do you have better sleep, right? And this goes actually with the overtraining conversation. Are you sleeping better? Are you having fewer cravings because your stress is down? Right. You know, when you're when you're eating well and your training is on point, I mean, simple like biological things like really shiny and vibrant hair, like your your skin just looks clearer and you're glowing, your your nails are strong. 
they're clear, your, um, your digestion's better. Um, all of these things also are a sign that you are measuring, that you are making progress without that scale changing. I think sometimes people get, you know, really attached to a number. I can think of, you know, in the past where I had a relationship with a coaching client um, when I was doing her nutrition coaching and um, she kind of had in her head that she wanted to weigh this certain amount, right? I, you know, I just need to get down to X. How long do you think that will take? And, and I actually challenged her and I said, what about that? You know, what is the feeling associated with that number? What are you hoping to feel like? What are you hoping to look like at that number? And, and my intention was to drive her further away from the scale and more into the feeling side and some other tangible ways that we can see that we are making progress that have nothing to do with that number on the scale going up or down. Right, and that was an, a, a very um, cool challenge that I gave her and actually helped to drive her away from just being so obsessed with the number on the scale. So for my coaches out there, that are, those are some things that you can use with your clients. And for my clients are, and people out here that are listening to this show that have coaches or, you know, train in a gym or they're a lone wolf or, or whatever it may be, all of those things show whether you are making progress in the gym or with your training or not. And if some of those things aren't doing anything and the scale is changing, well, the scale is a thing that does help to measure pro progress, but it's not the only thing. Um, and I guess that's it for today, guys. I hope that that was life-giving and that you guys felt like you're walking away from this show just a little bit smarter. As always, if you want to work with the Virtuous Fitness team, we do online coaching and in-person coaching. So if you're local to the Silverdale, Washington area, you can come in and we will give you a, a free week trial and a one-on-one -on -one personal training assessment, assessment, absolutely free. If you are a person not local to the area and are looking to work with you know, a team of coaches that is, you know, highly educated and, and motivated and wants to see you make your, you know, make all of your goals, you know, come true for you. Um, you can always reach out. You can click the link in the show notes to fill out the coping at co uh, coaching application and our team will hit you up and um, get you on a strategy call and get you moving. So, um, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. I will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.